Hey, this is Brandon Sanderson, author of Mistborn. Welcome to the Legendarium. If I had one wish for this podcast, it would be that we never use the word spank ever again, personally. So, anyway. Uh, Too bad. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Legendarium Podcast. I am Craig Hanks. Uh, with me on my left, he's smellier than a tauntaun, and you'd want him around for warmth even less. It's Todd Wendy. <laughs> I am also as hairy as a tauntaun, but that's a different story. <laughs> I love the recognition in your face as soon as you started talking. You just knew you it was know, yours. Yeah, that one was for me. <laughs> you can't see them, but his head is constantly buzzing with glowing orange moron spray, and it's Ken Johnson. <laughs> they are more and more on every week. <laughs> And he loves. We almost got a spit take from Todd there. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> and he loves soccer so much. I'm shipping him to Venezuela by way of Cuba. It's Ryan Bruckman. <laughs> I can. Def- <laughs> Never mind. I'm gonna let that one drop. <laughs> all right. So let's. Drop faster uh, than the Venezuelan economy. Now, oh. now that we're all now that we're all introduced, uh, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. First of all, welcome once again to everybody who is uh, listening in on Facebook as we go through this. I know uh, many more of you will join as we go because it usually takes a few minutes, Uh, but we are grateful to have you all. It's so much fun. I think you three would all agree it's a ton of fun to have people interacting in real time, love getting the questions. Uh, It's going to make the podcast go long, but we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, I I do want to mention real quick um, the freeloaders among us. I, I feel like our listeners are like our children. And I love them all equally, but still. I'm not sure if you're talking to the listeners or to us. <laughs> no. uh, I know exactly which ones he's talking <laughs> no, to. No, I want to talk about Patreon, patreon.com slash legendarium. If you've been enjoying the legendarium for 102 episodes already, then I, I would encourage you to give at patreon.com slash legendarium. We are asking for donations on a per episode basis. Uh, so what that means is uh, every time we release an episode, whatever your stated donation is, you will end up giving to us. So it could be as little as a dollar. I wouldn't recommend going above five because that would be 15 to 20 bucks a month, uh, which would be extremely generous. So uh, patreon.com slash legendarium. If you enjoy this, please consider giving. We would very much appreciate it. Now, uh, before we get to The Way of Kings parts three and four, there is one more thing that I want to bring up in our housekeeping. I, I want to re- read a few quotes for you guys. Here's one. I liked the episode, but it's way too short. <laughs> oh, this, yeah, that's right. This is one of my favorite podcasts, and I would love it if all the podcasts were longer. I don't think nobody would mind a longer podcast. Really happy to finally have the Stormlight Archives, but I do really wish it was much longer. And lastly, is there really no way for the episodes to be 10 hours long? Now, <laughs> I bring ten, this wait, up... 10 ten hours long? I know, right? <laughs> I bring this up How much because are they on Patreon? this was something that we got a lot. We got comments not only on our website, but also on Reddit was primarily where we were interacting for this episode and a little bit on Imzy as well, imzy.com slash legendarium. Uh, it is incredibly flattering. I yeah. am so grateful to have people listening, and it's uh, it's very gratifying to know that people are not only listening but also enjoying it enough that they wish we were around longer. 
Uh, Thank you I, for stroking Craig's ego. <laughs> I know, like oh, I needed yeah. it. We, and, we, we couldn't live with him before. I'm not sure we're going to be able to live with him ever. <laughs> and, now. and shocking the rest of us, you really want to listen to us? <laughs> but here's awesome. so here's the thing. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like people are enjoying the episodes, but I'd like to keep it that way. Believe me when I tell you, <laughs> if you listened to three hours of us, you would hate us just as much as we hate ourselves, and just as much as our spouses hate us. Well, That's why yeah. we're all in a room right now. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's you know we do want to keep things a little bit more manageable. For for uh, more casual listeners, uh, somebody who doesn't want to download a three-hour thing and try to navigate their way through a three-hour podcast. Uh, and then lastly, just understand that we're not here necessarily to cover every single thing in the book. We're not, yeah. if you love that stuff and more power to you, I would point you toward the 17th shard.com or coppermine.net coppermine.net. Coppermine. Yeah. And they've got some podcasts that you can go listen to that really get into the minutia of what's going on in this world. And those are fantastic. Our goal here is more just to discuss a few of our observations, some feelings, uh, to hope that you get something from it, something amusing, uplifting, enlightening, whatever it is. Uh, it's more about how does it feel to read these books, uh, especially how does it feel from somebody else's perspective, which I hope is uh, is interesting for people to listen to. But it's not necessarily about, okay, chapter by chapter, we're going to do what we did with Lord of the Rings. We're not. That's not our goal here with the Stormlight. Until it becomes one of our like master's thesis or PhD <laughs> thesis. Right. Right. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but... Wow, Craig, that was very, very well put. Get out. <laughs> I, 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 like I said, <laughs> we couldn't live with him before, and now I'm not sure I can live with him at all. All right. So, uh, yeah, but like I said, today we are talking about Stormlight. Uh, it's Wave Kings, parts three and four. It's a five-part book. The last episode, episode number 102, was sections or parts one and two of the book. Today, three and four. Next week, part five. Uh, so, Ryan, do you want to take it away now on this one? Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to start it out with a little uh, joke that Brian, Brandon Sanderson said at a signing recently. How do you get a one-armed Herdazian out of a tree? Wave. Wave. <laughs> <laughs> Classic joke. I'm just throwing that out there. But I do have a recap for us. And, yes, it's going to be a little long. So, Todd, uh, if you would be so oh, kind no, as to I'm hold sorry. Craig I'm, down. I was waving. <laughs> oh, it's long? You said it's long? It, it might be long. So, Todd, you hold <sighs> Craig down. Ken, go cut his mic. As long as it's not boring. It can be long. Just don't let it be boring. I only, make no promises. Only his mic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That sounded filthy. <laughs> when last we left our intrepid crew members... Oh, please. <laughs> Kaladin had begun training his bridge crew and working on ways to keep them all alive. During a bridge run, the crew attempts a side carry, which works great for bridge four, but is disastrous. You really are going to go chapter by chapter, aren't you? I'm going to murder you. Deal with it. (laughs) This earns Kaladin the punishment of being strung up in a high storm, a punishment that pretty much guarantees death. With the aid of a stormlight-infused sphere and sill, he survives the high storm and is discovered by Teft and Lopin to be a surge binder. Now, realizing that bridgemen are not supposed to survive, Kaladin's last hope is to train the men in the spear and give them a chance to escape. Let's jump over to Shallan. She's continuing her study as Yasna's ward and finds it harder and harder to want to make the switch on the Soulcaster. However, when Yasna takes her out on a, with a very hands-on lesson about philosophy that involves killing three men, she finds the courage to make the swap. As she tries to learn about how to use the Soulcaster, she accidentally Soulcasts a goblet into blood and is forced to hide the incident by making it look like a suicide attempt. During her recovery, she's poisoned on an accident, sort of. <laughs> and we say that again? She's poisoned she on... She is poisoned on accident, sort, sort of. of. Okay, all right. Yeah and is forced to reveal the swap to Yasna, who saves Shallan's life by soul casting her blood clear of the poison. 
Now, Dalinar continues to have his visions. Oof. Okay, this, this is, is a feeling, lot of recaps. This is feeling more and more like a soap opera. There's all the time. so much going on in this, <laughs> it takes a little bit. Push him down the stairs. Dalinar continues to have visions and is working to unite the High Princes by trying to convince them to go on joint plateau assaults. Sadius is named High Prince of Information and is charged with discovering the truth about the assassination attempt on Elhokar. When Sadius reveals at the King's Feast that he believes Dalinar to be innocent, much to the surprise of Dalinar, Dalinar convinces Sadius to do a joint plateau assault, a setup which leads us to the battle at the tower. Oh. <laughs> okay, that was Del- vaguely erotic, and I'm, <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable. Right We're now. almost there, guys. Oh, almost man. there. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, we made Craig uncomfortable. So Dalinar and Sadius move together to attack the Parshendi on the largest plateau, but once Dalinar's forces are in place, Sadius withdraws his troops and bridge crews, leaving Dalinar and his men to die. Kaladin and the rest of the bridge force see the betrayal, and are able to break away from Sadius's army and return to the tower to give Dalinar and his quickly dwindling army a chance to escape. Kaladin's drive to protect his men pushes him to the very edge, and he must recite the words of the second ideal of the Knight's Radiant. I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. An epic and awesome battle ensues. Dalinar, Adolin, and a much smaller army escapes the battle and returns to the war camps where Dalinar proves to be a man of his word to Kaladin by buying the freedom of all of the bridgemen at the cost of his shard blade. Are we done with that part? <sighs> recap. Okay. That's, that's oh, my man. recap. Deep that breaths. Was that was the longest recap I think we've ever had to sit through. Well, it's the longest yeah. book we've ever read. Next Bye. to the recap that we did for Starship Trooping. That one was more boring, too. But anyway. By the way, uh, Kaladin as a surge binder, easy call, but who called it? Come on. <laughs> Good job, Ken. Well, duh. I, like like uh, I said last week, you really weren't stepping very far out no, on the ledge. That wasn't, that wasn't far off the ledge. Dalinar changing his mind about abdicating. Yeah. Yeah. I, good well, job. Congratulations. Bef- how about before we get to the points we're bringing up, <laughs> one last thing for as a reward for those who have made it now uh, nine or ten minutes into the episode. A <laughs> reminder, we are giving away a signed copy of The Way of Kings. Signed by uh, Brandon Sanderson, signed, not by us. <laughs> that's true. We'll sign that's it true. if you want us to. There but. it is. Signed by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, it says for the Legendarium Podcast. Uh, so in, in this case, it's for the listeners. But uh, in order mm. to win this copy, you do need all three of the words of the day. Today's word of the day is like. Today's word of the day is like. So one more word of the day to go. That'll be coming up next week. Uh, listen to episode number 102 for the first. When you have uh, listened and heard all three words of the day, hop on uh, really anywhere, but Twitter might be a good option, and tweet at us the phrase in its entirety, and you will be entered to win the signed copy of The Way of Kings. Uh, all right, Ryan, on with you. All right, gentlemen. I'm going to revert back to the first three questions just to get your minds moving again. First oh, of all, yes. favorite character, is it still who you had before? Still Dalinar. Still Dalinar, oh, yeah. Todd? Even more so, I think, now. I, man, I'm telling you, I, 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 I like Dalinar. I like Dalinar a lot, but Kaladin and Shallan both are very relatable. To, uh, there are things about them that I like both characters, but, but Dalinar is still the one that I find the most interesting. Okay. Yeah, Correct. and I, I would still go with Shallan. I'm much more interested in these sections uh, with Kaladin than I was at the beginning of the book. Uh, but now I'm I'm still more interested in Shallan. I love the philosophical interplay between her and Yasna, uh, and also the scene when she's running away from the symbol-headed creatures <gasps> oh and she's goodness. sketching them. 
that that was the tipping felt- point for me. The book was was very interesting, but as soon as that happened, I everything was done until I was done with this book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Life yep. was over. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, it was that it was, was a crazy. fantastic scene, so well written, so well executed. Uh, I want to see that one played out on, oh, yeah. in a in a film. That was like that, it'd be really tough to do. That was like screen. watching Stranger Things again. It was just <laughs> really really creepy, and I was like, <laughs> that, my wife yeah. was. In fact, I was in the house, and my wife was like, "What are you? What are you doing?" Never and mind, you're going, mind, "Oh my gosh! Mind. Oh my it gosh!" Really, it really was. And she's sketching those last few, and they're right next to her. You're like, "It's coming from inside the room." <laughs> <laughs> don't draw! Don't draw! Don't draw it again! And of course, I and then I, she I, reaches out, and it's right there. I maintain my my allegiance to Kaladin in this. Um, all right, favorite quote or uh, scene section something like I've that. I've got. I I honestly oh I wrote down three, and so I'm just so gonna try to pick one. Pick one. Uh, okay. Oh God. I'll, I'll come back to the others later if we have some time. But uh, for this one, I will say, okay, quote. Despite the late hour, the roadway was crowded, and many of the men who walked here seemed to bear the night in. This is in the uh, chapter when oh, Yasna yeah, when and gonna, Yasna and Shalon yeah. are walking around. are walking around, and, sh- and Yasna kills those three uh, dudes. Um, it's not actually my favorite line out of the book, but I thought it was really noteworthy. It is a great line. Uh, it's very evocative. It grabs your attention, and it's so noteworthy because Brandon Sanderson is so utilitarian, generally speaking, with his prose. And I actually prefer that for the most part. Um, I don't like it when prose gets too poetic, yeah. but I really liked this. It it, um, it grabbed my attention and, and made me say, oh, you know, he really can turn a phrase. Well, and it really sometimes. was appropriate for the scene. Yeah, I, I, I was I was well used. And that's one thing about Brandon Sanderson is you can say when he uses something, take your pick, you know, flowery prose or something utilitarian. It is used in the right context. It's he, used for the right spot. He painted that scene well. very well. Ken, what's your quote or section? Uh, well, I got I've got two, but I'm I'll give you one. He held out a hand. This is at the this is at the tower. Sadie okay. is left. <laughs> he held out a hand, summoning Oathbringer. I am not ashamed of what I've become, he shouted. I found it to be tr- to be true. I felt so strange to be fr- it's a- it felt so strange to be free from guilt. Other men may debase themselves to destroy me. Let them have their glory, for I will retain mine. What chapter is that in? Uh, 67? 67, I the think. one about the tower. Okay. Dalinar, when he finally gets his moment of clarity. Well, the lets, the uh, whole, yeah, the entire thing right there at the end of section four, and the reason I really just gravitated toward Dalinar is because sections three and four are where he kicks off all of this indecision he kicks off all of this doubt the self-doubt he he stops wrestling with uh his insecurity about the visions and he finally just gets back to it and says you know the heck with all of you and all of what you're saying about me i know what i am and i know how i am and i am going to set things right and boy does he at the cost of you know a lot of breastplates and at the base of his boot (laughs) it's awesome (laughs) all right todd yours this is from uh, 59, chapter 59 in honor. Life before death, Taft said, Taft said, wagging a finger at Kaladin. The Radiant seeks to defend life always. He never kills unnecessarily and never risks his own life. Strength before weakness. All men are weak at some time in their lives. The Radiant protects those who are weak and uses his strength for others. Journey before destination. There are always several ways to achieve a goal. Failure is preferable to winning through unjust means. Protecting 10 innocents is not worth killing one 
uh, one in the end, all men die. How you lived will be far more important to the Almighty than what you accomplished. I, I've struggled with this. So I, I've, I've started uh, listening to this book in order to make sure that I can stay on track because otherwise I'm never going to make it. It's just the way that my life is right now. And so my ability to, to capture quotes is not as robust as it has been on some of our other some of our other readings mm-hmm. but this one was one i mean i basically slammed the car into park pulled over opened up my my uh, device and just highlighted it immediately I, it was it was a clarity not only for Kaladin, but it also helped clarify what dalinar's been going through and what he's what he's looking for as far as um, these these ideals these these uh, we talked about it last time All, most men pretend to be what you are you do it out of simplicity right. uh, when Navani was talking to, to uh, Dalinar I it was a wonderful for me and of course people who've listened to the podcast before know that I'm always about level three that's a level three moment and it's a very very clear level three moment that for me was very it, it just reason there's um this the second formulation in that the strength before weakness right yes Uh, it it reminded me forcibly of political discussions of the end guilty men formulation yes it is better that 10 guilty men go free than that one just man be punished and there's a really interesting uh, and very long debate over the last few centuries about that principle yes and so if that section grabbed you like it grabbed todd I would encourage you to look up N guilty men. That's the letter N. It stands in because the formulation is always different. 10 guilty men, 100 guilty men. Take your pick. Take your pick. The yep. principle the is still the same. So, Can uh, I share one more? Because it think, ties no, down I think on our calendar. I'm, I'm going I'm to jump on mine here. Okay. But because yours actually, the, we're going to talk a little more about the uh, Knight's Radiant um, ideal. But this one comes from Dalinar. And I, it was just a great moment here where he, it's after he's made his decision how he's going to move forward. He says, I've been treating the other high princes in their light eyes like adults. <laughs> An adult can take a principle. <laughs> An adult can take a principle and adapt it to his needs. But we're not ready for that yet. We are children. And when you're teaching a child, you require him to do what is right until he grows old enough to make his own choices. Yes. I, that was one of those moments I was like, I love this bit of philosophy, this concept of uh, it, it correlates very commonly with the teach a child the way in which he shall go and not depart from it type concept. That's... Yes. And what a spanking he laid down on Elokar. <laughs> on on Elokar? That is corporal punishment and a half. Was that in section four? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, that was right at the That's end of section four. one of the very four. last things that happens. Okay. It, but, but not only the spanking that he gave him, but also the spanking... That he lays on Sadius oh, man. when he shows up. Oh, the uh, the moral spanking. Oh my goodness, the reputational spanking that, that was... Sadius had, because <laughs> there's not a person in that in, in that army that would believe that Sadius stayed until the bitter end if when there's... when Dalinar comes walking in, especially because mm-hmm. he said, "I watched Dalinar go down. There was nothing yeah. that could be done." And Dalinar shows up and is like, "They're ripping away parts uh, of his shard plate and bloody mm-hmm. pieces of shard plate." And that... That doesn't look if good. I if I had one wish, if I had one wish for this podcast, it would be that we never use the word spank ever again. Personally, so anyway, uh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> what else hey, we got? In my context, so, it was appropriate because that's what it was. He was. It was. <laughs> and, but one of the things, that, one of the reasons why I love that section in that moment too is that it shows how far Dalinar has come. We already know yes. that this difference because Dalinar the Blackthorn in that situation would have walked up, pulled out his shard blade. And stabbed Stadius in the face and said, we're going to war. 
Yeah. Like that's yeah, how yeah. we're going to, that's how that would have ended. But he has, he has grown and he's realized what his, the greater vision is then that, and he has to accomplish that. And then in doing so, this great cinematic sequence, he also knows that he has to be a man of his word to Kaladin in his promise that his men would be safe. So in that moment, um, after, after having read all of the other experiences, that, that's one of the things I think that is making Kaladin uh, a more relatable character to me is to see how, f- how, how much he has struggled with all of the dishonesty and, and uh, ill repute that he's had to deal with from all of the light eyes. Uh, a, a real tragic kind of a story. Um, and to watch that moment where somebody tries to do the right thing for the right reasons for Kaladin. That was a, that was a cool moment. Considering especially, uh, we'll jump right, I'm, I'm going to jump into this right now. We get the completion of Kaladin's history through this section. Yes. yes. And we realize just how big of a turn what Dalinar did is from where what got him to the beginning of this book. Mm. When we get to the story of Amaram taking the shard blade by killing everyone else off and giving him mercy and I, letting him live by making him a slave. I love how that, that calls back to the beginning when he says, I killed a shard bearer. Mm-hmm. I killed the wrong shard bearer, and now you get to see what he meant. <laughs> oh, does he say that? He says that I, in section or in. It was uh, the chapter, man that I didn't kill. Yeah, it was the man that I didn't kill. He says it in like chapter seven, chapter eight, something. Like. The uh, the the further I get into this book, the more I need to go back and reread. My experience with it was actually that I did make it about a third of the way through the book quite a while ago, and then I was like, no, I, I can't read this. I need to wait for the podcast. Uh, and then I, I did it again secretly and I got about a third of the way through it and I said, nah, I got to stop. But every time I would read, I, you know, you get a little more out of it. And now that we're up through chapter four or uh, part four, I'm like, oh gosh, now I have to read this whole thing all over again. Cause there's so much like that that yeah. you miss. Just, sorry, he, just, he just said, push through words of radiance and then get back. Sorry. He said, uh, I killed a light eyes. It was the one that I didn't kill. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't shard bear eyes. Anyway. But that's, um, yeah, we, Sorry, I, I just totally had a complete derail brain. I'll, I'll bring it back when I find it again. Right. Uh, Craig, do you have a point for us? Uh, yeah, you asked us uh, last time, do we have any questions, any like predictions yes. uh, or questions for what's going to be coming up? Mine is about Shallan uh, in Chapter 36, which we've already discussed quite a bit. It's called The Lesson, mm-hmm. when they go out and, and uh, Yasna straight up murders some dudes. <laughs> uh, my question going forward is how is Shalon going to um, apply this lesson? In what way is she, where is she going to come down on what Yasna did? And because these books are so long and they're so intricate that I can't imagine that Brandon Sanderson would have an entire chapter that was that philosophically meaty without some sort of future payoff, either at the end of this book or maybe in the future. I'm very interested to see where she goes with that line of thinking. Yeah. Do you remember offhand what her response was? Um, to steal the Fabriel. Other than that. <laughs> when she, uh, she actually tells Yasna, I've come to a conclusion. I think that it was, she, I can't remember, she should have said I, it was ethical, I think that it, was, it I wasn't think, ethical, but it was right. Or I, th- I think that it was, um, that it was not moral. It was, uh, it, it was, was right, good. but not moral. It was good, good but not right. Something. But it was not well, there, moral. There's a, a at a like certain that. point she mentions, or she's thinking about the philosophy of aspiration, which in this case boils down to the ends justify the means. Yeah. And basically, according to that, on a logical level, it made sense as it as the situation was presented. It made sense in uh, in that way. It was the right thing to do. But logical and moral are not the same thing, just in the same way that legal and moral are not the same thing. Um, And so, yeah, just like uh, 
Yasno wasn't necessarily wrong to do what she did just because it wasn't legal, and, and she wasn't necessarily right to do what she did just because it made utilitarian sense. Right. Right? Anyway, I think that's where we came to. I, but I'm interested to, to see where that goes in the future. I, 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 one of the things that, that I started thinking about a lot when I, was, when I was reading through that section is this is the perfect setup for her to justify all of She's been planning to steal the Fabriel for all of these good reasons. Um, this is a perfect setup for her to be able to do exactly that and, and to be able to quote back. I, I found myself remembering a moment where I had one of my teachers say, well, why did you do what you did? I did an exceptionally stupid thing. Uh, and I looked at her and I said, because at the beginning of the school year, you said we as are going to have to eventually pick spots where we do things that everybody disagrees with. And she looked at me and she said, you are a charming young man and it's not going to work. And I was <laughs> like, okay. Um, but that was that was the kind of thing that I, that I found myself thinking, this would be a great way for Shalon to be able to say, I can do anything I want. You've already told me. I wonder, I wonder how this comes up. I'm interested to see how it turns around because right now I'm, she is left having exposed that she stole the Fabriol and, and Yasna... I mean, this is not going to end well. She has lost everything that she came yeah. out to do. She's lost the Fabriel to sw- the that's what uh, switch, and she's lost her ability to be Yasna's ward. You know what? <laughs> At this up to this point, uh, Kaladin has lost everything, and it it frees him to let out his true character. Same thing with Dalinar. I think the same thing. I, I mean, with... to a certain point, he hasn't yeah. like lost his princedom or anything, but he's lost his reputation. He's lost his army, and he's lost any need to do the regular politicking that the rest of the court is doing. Right. And so he lets his true self out. So I, I, think... I didn't catch that while I was reading it, but it just occurred to me all three of them get to a point where they're able to just there's let nothing, go. There's yeah. nothing left. And I, 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 I think this like comes back around. I think she and Yasna, I, there, there's more to that. You know, it, it can't end there. She and Yasna are going to be okay somehow. And, <laughs> and things are going to happen in the second book. They, they got it. I'm, I'm going to, break a rule here just a little bit and give you a single line from later no um spoiler spoiler it's not a spoiler uh it just simply it's um they were all broken yes yes so that's that's a line for those who have read words of radiance who know what i'm referring to that's what it but it's what you have identified is what is what that line is referring to okay i'm interested i'm very i'm very smart you guys I'm so wisdomous, it hurts sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's what people on Reddit keep telling you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm, I'm interested it. to see what the deal is with soul casting <laughs> because, correct me if I'm wrong, but Shalon soul casted a goblet into blood. Soul with, cast is the past tense of soul cast. Well, I did read the like book Like and Moosen. <laughs> Moosen. <laughs> Brian Regan. Okay, so, but, but my point is, correct me if I'm wrong, but did she not soul cast a goblet into blood without the use of the Fabriel? Dun, dun. So the cat just uh, growled at you, Ken. You you need to be careful. The cat knows. The cat knows. Ken, information. you have you have, you have certainly the a, a, a wise eye looking at. <laughs> did, I, I want to make sure I didn't miss, didn't read that wrong. I'm just like, wait, she didn't did. I I never got back to. Right. Good eye. Anyway, good eye. Moving Ken. on. Good okay. Eye, Ken. Okay. Todd, do you have a point you'd like to bring up? Um, I uh, there was a scene that um, I think was one of them for me was uh, was quite moving uh, and that was the scene in uh, in the chapter that's called justice when Navani demands her largest brush pen and jars of ink and scribes this oh. huge glyph oh, right. for justice oh that was awesome. lights it on fire and then that's the spot where Sadius <laughs> and Dalinar meet 
and have their conversation. It's, that was awesome. so that's, much fun. That's one of those moments when you're you're going, that would never happen. And in real life, no, that would never happen. But how much do we love fiction for moments like say, these? It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Like like my dad always said, truth is stranger than fiction because fiction has to make sense. I don't well, know what that has to do with so, this, but that, sure. I get it. But there's, that would happen in fiction. But yeah. we, we have we have dwelt very heavily on the last like 50 pages or so oh, right, right okay. there. It, it, it's, it's a compelling 50 pages. It really is. There's a lot that's going on there. But I, I want to take it back a little bit. Um, one of the sections that I liked that uh, that when I first read it, I read it the first time, caught me by surprise was the side carry chapter. Oh, yeah. That was oh, really cool. when everything oh, that fails. Was, whenever, like, that I'm, was awesome. I'm getting excited because Kaladin has finally, I'm sitting here going, Kaladin has finally figured out a way to protect the Bridgman. They'll pull it off. Something, you know, that's what's going. And I, I and know that something's got to go wrong. Oh, man. Because it's too early in the book. Yeah. It's like but, watching an episode of television and saying, there's still 20 minutes left. They can't be done yet. <laughs> but I, I remember reading that section and going, and then realizing just how badly doing that threw everything off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it really sudden, encouraged me to to go, oh my gosh, I was so wrapped up in Kaladin's goals that I didn't think economically, I didn't think strategically. And it, as I keep reading, I really need to zoom out and judge these people's actions and not just assume that they're making the right choices. Mm-hmm. We, we we all have a tendency, and this, and this is addressed um, nicely by Shalon and Yasna in a different perspective, doing something that seems right for all of the wrong reasons. Um, protecting the bridgemen is a good thing if you're a bridgeman, but if your job is to wage a war, protecting the bridgemen is not a good thing. In the same way that taking the life of someone that is a horrible human being that has already taken other lives is a good thing unless you happen to not be the person authorized to take lives. He, Brandon, Brandon Sanderson, as all writers, wants to wants to talk to us about what life could. Well, I shouldn't say all. Some writers just want to take five bucks from us for a really good for a ripping good yarn. Um, but Brandon Sanderson is is spending time with this one, really addressing some level three philosophies, not just as they apply to everyday life, but as they apply to to very um, specific kinds of decision making that some individuals have to make. Who who has to be sacrificed? And why do they have to be sacrificed? If it's going to be for the good of the army, regardless of whether we agree what the army's doing or not, right. that's their job. They have to figure that out. That's You could raise a big question, though, because Kaladin falls back to being the wretch, which is a character I actually really... Uh, that, he's, that he gives a name to this alternate persona. I of, can't be him again. Yeah, yeah. I can't follow the wretch. If, if, if I become the wretch, next time I go to the chasm, I won't come back. Yeah. Um, but... I, I derailed myself with the wretch again. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got more. <laughs> I'm gonna give Ken. What do you do? You have a, thing? and then we'll jump over to Craig. My, mine was just another point of of observation when Maps died in is like oh. chapter sixty four yeah. or something like that. Maps uh-huh. died, and he's he he's saying all the gobbledygook like this like this chapter headings. I'm like, <gasps> that's 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 a tie in. I don't know how yet, but that's a tie in. Some true. some people die, and they. About the gibberish. What are they seeing? What are, these are like Dalinar's visions. What are you seeing? I want to know. Me too. Anyway, that's yeah, me too. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I assume that by the end of the book we're told, but at this point I'm just like, yeah, I, I'm going on faith here. Yeah, but well, this is the first sense. time they say in in real time. Otherwise, it's a chapter heading. I'm like, uh, Jared, we'll, we'll get to your question in just a minute. I'm going to let Craig go and then oh, the wander sale. Okay, yeah. so. Uh, here's another quote. I'll throw another quote at you guys. The one that I really liked. This is when Kaladin's father finds the family sitting on the roof in the rain. Oh. He says, what in the, 
All three of you? What are you doing up here? Feasting, Kaladin's mother said nonchalantly. On what? On irregularity, dear. <laughs> Loved that line and would encourage everybody to get out of your comfort zone every once in a while and do something a little bit crazy for no other reason than that it's crazy. His parents were pretty funny. Yeah. Anyway, loved that line. Now Aren't we can move on. Are parents a little crazy? Yeah, a little crazy. It comes with territory. So my kids would So the me. question yeah, was right. if we had any thoughts on uh, the Wander Sale. Now, I, most of you will probably know what that is. Uh, that is the story that Hoyd is telling oh my gosh such, the hoyd chapter such oh. a cool Wit. chapter Wait, i call yeah. him hoyd because right now i've been i've been knee deep in cosmere studies so well, can he, you summarize the wander sale story he, he for tells me? he nope. tells kaladin <laughs> in that chapter too that that he's called yeah. hoyd so i mean it's not one of the names i go by you know yeah. one of the many names i go by the wander sale the wander sale chapter or the wander sale story um the the men sail off to a place and try and uh, it sound it started sounding at the very beginning like uh, an awful lot like the odyssey um, they get lost and they get they get into a, into a whirlpool and they're in this place where everything is perfect. Uh, and the first time that somebody drops something, everyone immediately kills that poor wretch that dropped the tray of, of dishes or food. Uh, or oh, that's right, right. And okay. they said, why are you doing this? Because that's what is demanded of our of our king. Because, demanded, because our king it has to perfection be perfection or something like that, yeah. And then they go in and they find out that the king's been dead for three years. And then they all kill each other. They they go into this rage and kill each other because, and and, and that was where Kaladin says, "What's the point?" <laughs> yeah. But later uh, he. But it's revealed. I mean, Kaladin later on actually comes to grips with the Wander Sale story. Yeah. And I I love that this story happened. It's not that they coincidentally met. They, um, if you take Wits in discussion with uh, Dalinar before. Um, he says something along the lines, remember, right? This could be a little bit later, but he says, you know, Cosmere stuff is more important. I've got to go to... And so he's going to go tell, tell Kaladin, Kaladin this story along with other things that he's oh, got to man. go do. Yeah, right. I missed that. This, oh, man. I am going to have to read this over and over and over again, aren't I? Hoyd feels very much to me like a... Uh, not just the not just the story. The story is the story is obviously a, a, a huge piece of a, of a turning point for Kaladin because it's where he, at least to me, um, in the story, it's where he recognizes, oh, I do have to start taking more responsibility it's what for kicks what him. I do. Yeah, it's what kicks him back on track. And for what I don't do, for the choices I make, in the, whether they are to act or to not act, which is, you know, by the way, a Rush song, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Just got to go. Great, um, great quote along I, this is, the point of a storyteller is not to tell you how to think, but to, but give, to you give you questions, questions. to I just, think upon. I, Thanks, can I just Jerry. say, that quote has been on my fridge for about two or three years. Uh, at least two or three years. I got it at Brandon Sanderson's booth at Comic-Con. I hadn't read the book yet, but he's like, do you want a magnet? Sure, I'll have a magnet. That one looks good. And so I've been reading that quote, and I was very excited to get to it. <laughs> and it's good. I Spoiler alert uh, for those who have not read Mistborn's Secret History. Please shut off this recording now. <laughs> and we'll but, wave our arms furiously when you should turn it back on. Okay, five seconds has gone by. I think that's enough. So Hoyd is a big part of Mistborn's Secret History. And in that, I'm not sure how I feel about him. He seems like a very good character who like we're saying here is trying to keep Kaladin on track and give him like real words of wisdom and if he's played in this movie it's too bad we're a few years late because he needed to be played by David Carradine uh <laughs> do you know what I mean sitting there playing the yes. flute but um anyway 
he, yeah, he seems like a like a good dude, a straight arrow. And then you go back and read Mistborn's secret history, and it's like this guy's kind of a douche. Yeah. Well, and and I I think. But maybe that's because Kelsier's kind of a douche, and so he's matching with him. I I I, th- I think the other thing that we do is we we see we see characters through the lens that they per- that they are portrayed in this place. Um, even the douchiest douche can 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 help somebody make a good choice. And um, when you're when you're when I'm looking at that story, when I'm looking at what's going on with that story and where Kaladin is. It is obviously in a place where he has to make this choice, and he has to make it himself. He can't be forced into it because if he's forced into it, it's never going to work. Um, and I th- and when and when Hoyd says Cosmere, the the things of the Cosmere are far more important. Um, I'm going to give you guys another line here that I, I'm. Which, by the way, the fact that Brandon Sanderson keeps talking about the fact that it's the Cosmere. I, this is a this is a piece that is that that absolutely thrills me about his writing style that he shows that there is something much bigger involved than just this little place. I'm I'm going to give you another line here just to get you excited about and to get you thinking about who Hoyd and Wit is. Uh, Hoyd is speaking to Dalinar in in this, so just so you know. And while I am your friend, please understand that our goals do not completely align. You must not trust yourself with me. If I have to watch this world crumble and burn to get what I need, I will do so. With tears, yes, but I would let it happen. Yes. So if you want to talk about whether or not Hoyt is a good guy or not, we have no idea. And here, he's, he's and here on a whole different level. Here yeah. again, we get to a, a question, do the ends justify? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so the first, as far as I can tell, the first mention of the word Cosmere in all of Brandon Sanderson's published works is... Spoken by Kazbal Kabsal 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 right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he says something to Shalon. Anyway, um, it's lowercase. That seems interesting. Kabsal says it, which seems interesting. Um, I this and this is another one of those things where now that Kabsal is the one that he knows about the Cosmere, he's telling Shalon about it. Now I have to go back and ask. Okay. Well, what has he said about the devotees? What has he said about the Almighty? I mean, this guy obviously knows something about what's going on, so now I have to go back and read the whole freaking book all over again just so I can read Capsule's lines. You know what I'm going to do? I have a copy. I just put it away so I can't pull it out too easily, but I have a copy of The Lord of the Rings that when I was 18 years old, I color-coded all of the quotations. <laughs> and so, like, everything Frodo says is in red and everything Aragorn says is in purple. At the time, I just did it to slow myself down so that I would actually digest what I was reading. Turns out it's been really helpful, and I feel like I'm going to have to do the same freaking thing with The Way of Kings. Because you can flip through Because now, yeah, now I can just go, okay, go to all the... the uh, uh, Shalon chapters, and then everything that's in yellow is Cabsol, and I can quickly see what he said, so that I don't have to read the whole freaking book over again. You, you know, if you have the Kindle e-reader version that Ryan gave you, you can just go look for everything that's said by Cabsol. I guess, maybe. I don't Technology. Know. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, Careful, he's going to go off on an Apple tangent in just a second. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks. No, I'm good. Appreciate that. Anyway, we can go on. Uh, I need to make sure this is in the right section. (laughs) Use your words. (laughs) I have to make sure it's in the right section. Speaking of technology, there has been some alluding to what are... Creating new fabrials. New fabrials and what are called half shards right now. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
We do actually get to see those in action, if I recall correctly, in one of the interludes with Zeth. With Zeth, Afshard, when he goes after... Uh, shields. I don't remember which king he's... he's oh, it's the king of Yakavet. Yakavet, thank you. Yeah, and they have the half shards, and you know, Seth, Seth don't care. He's going to kill you anyway. <laughs> Zeth cares. Which, by the way, I have a, I have a big prediction about that. Zeth, well, Zeth go with it. That's later in the prediction. Go with it. No, go, go with it. Zeth and Kaladin are either going to have the most epic throwdown drag out... D- or you're gonna want to restructure that one. They are gonna knock down, drag out, knock down, uh, throw, throw down. Okay, so right. <laughs> they're going to fight, is what he's saying. <laughs> There's gonna Ken be Zeth, some. Punching. Ken says there'll be some punching. Zeth and Capsule. Capsule. I don't think that fight would be quite as interesting <laughs> since he's quite dead. Punching, 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 punching. Zeth people, and Kaladin. Punching, punching. Zeth and Kaladin are gonna have the most epic fight ever. That's gotta happen. Or they're gonna be the coolest. Uh, bodyguard tandem ever, like like soldier tandem. The buddy ever. cop movie of yeah. Zeth and Kaladin. Those, those two are just they're they're either going to to fight each other like no two people have ever fought before, or they are going to be the coolest you know that'd let be, the dogs off the leash and go wild team that, ever. That'd I'm be still, like Rorschach and Deadpool t- teaming up. Oh my gosh, up. those two. Those two have got to team up, and they have got to just wreak havoc on entire armies. I can just see. I'm still looking at the buddy cop with like Dalinar being the <laughs> chief of with police chief. or whatever. Like, Kaladin, Zeth, get in, get here. in here! You guys are loud. What's up, chief? <laughs> I'm getting too uh, old for this. You know how many spheres you cost this? This is our our department. Anyway, Craig, you should probably give us another point so yeah. that we can get back on track. <laughs> how, how's about another quote? Uh, this one is again from Cabsol, but this is an actual quote. Uh, he is talking to Shalon and uh, talking about how, yes, he does have the right to court her. And he says, uh, he says, a man's rights can be protected at the same time that he is discouraged from exercising. And I really liked that. I felt like that was very apropos to a lot of today's uh, political philosophy that gets uh, thrown out there or ignored, honestly. Uh, I, I feel like it's a very good lesson for us to take. Not to not not only that we need to guarantee legally someone's right to do something, but not to uh, step all over them if they exercise that right. Obviously, there's right and wrong things to do within you know certain areas, but I, I guess I'm thinking uh, particularly right now of freedom of speech laws, yeah. where yeah, you're free to do what you want, but you're probably going to get fired or You'll get kicked out of your school or you'll, you know, if you say the wrong thing. And it's it's a little unsettling for me to watch right now. So that quote jumped out to me. I was thinking about it in like Second that. Amendment terms where you can you can walk down the street with a rifle strapped to your back. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. There was a great, uh, uh, I think it was in Section 4 where they uh, Kaladin talks about how being armed uh, they, they can't climb out of the chasms armed. And that's the real right. mark of their slavery. Uh, mm-hmm. fantastic bit of yeah. philosophizing there. Anyway, uh, I've got more, but uh, I can kick it to one of you guys, Todd. So, um, one of my one of my favorite moments in the in this in this section, it's it's actually a twin moment for me. It's Kaladin getting strung up into the storm and coming face to face with Stormfather, uh, if you will, Ooh. in the in the storm. That was freaky. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and him trying to cling to what's going on. And then a few chapters later, having the experience of either in a dream or in a, in a similar kind of a vision, uh, that, uh, 
that Dalinar has been working with, seeing all of Roshar and being able to fly over the top and seeing all of these different places, yeah. Yeah. Um, gave gave me a real feeling that that um, what is what is happening to Dalinar is going to start happening, and that this is part of what it means to be one of these characters. Um, Shallan having these mysterious visions, Kaladin having these mysterious visions, Dalinar having these mysterious visions. Uh, I, I'm I'm curious. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious as to what is causing each of them to have it. I've kind of figured out that for Dalinar, it's that he's reading the way of Kings and there's something about this book that is, that is causing that to happen to him. I'm, I'm feeling like with Kaladin, Syl is involved, but my, my, Shallan, I still don't have it yet. My prediction, and I don't. I don't have anything really to justify this or any reason for how it's going to get there. But these are the new Knights Radiant. I don't know if that's too far off the ledge either, but what are you know, uh, Dalinar, Kaladin, Shallan, oh, okay. Yasna mm-hmm. probably. They make the, a comment. The I think it's I think they're talking about the devotees and something. I, they, they, I I vaguely remember that they're making a comment about that when the um, what's the term for when their uh, religion fell, uh, the hierocracy. Yeah, I think it's. Oh, yeah, the, I don't the, know. The, yeah, but basically, I know what you're talking about. when when that fell, uh, they were claiming that the Knights Radiant weren't. Power, weren't actually what they claimed to be because their powers weren't that no one could replicate their powers well now right. we have people who are replicating powers you have the assassin in white you have right kaladin starting to show it so i think you're on a good path which there is why i was thinking that zeth and kaladin are yeah uh, might end up being like you know my friend uh, go and kill we're gonna we're gonna enjoy a good five or ten minute discussion when that all resolves um how about when kaladin becomes uh, rather orcish there, what this is one of the reasons <laughs> yeah, that I thrill. This is one of the reasons he's not necessarily my favorite character, although it does make him very interesting. Uh, but he becomes very orcish. Do you remember the line in the Two Towers, Ryan, when we read it? It's in the movie too, when Theoden says, "What can men do against such reckless hate?" And it's a he's talking about the Urukai. Anyway, there's a, a moment when I believe it's Teft talking to Kaladin and he says, This darkness about you when you talk of them frightens me, Kaladin. You stop being yourself when you think about light eyes. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand he is, he's been wronged in a big way by some of the light eyes in his life. Pretty much every but, light eyes in his life. But he, uh, he seems really damaged in that way. Uh, and so I'll be very interested to see what he is able to do to overcome that, especially considering what... Dalinar has just done for him mm-hmm. and how that's going to throw his world into chaos. And I, I will give a, a word of caution slash uh, caution, uh, cautionary warning or something. I don't know. But that's not something if you're expecting him to get over that quickly because of what Dalinar did, don't. Okay. Don't expect him no, to I get over it. Well, I mean, to. no, that's the, been part Dalinar of Dalinar is the exception so. to the rule in his eyes and will continue to be so for a good, for a good portion. Well, and I, and, and I'm, I, and I'm curious, um, I know for myself, um, and and granted, we're we're looking at a we're looking at a book that has uh, that that is compressing time for us. But when I look at myself and a, and at um, times when I've had to reevaluate my opinion of, uh, it takes a it, it can take a long time. Yeah. And I'm going to be interested to see how this shakes out, um, especially because now not only does he owe his life to a man that he doesn't completely trust. But he owes the lives of all of the other bridgemen too, because he said he bought them all, yeah. all of your bridgemen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of these, Kaladin has basically bargained for all of them. 
Dalinar. With, or with, well, Kaladin has bargained with Dalinar, but he's bargained for all of those bridgemen with somebody that he doesn't fully trust. Yeah, but I think the rest of the bridgemen were a throw-in. I mean, he was immediately talking about that was Dalinar, bridge Dalinar, four, right? And he then wanted Dalinar bridge four. said, he wanted bridge four. Give them all. But he's Kaladin's responsible for it yeah. because Dalinar wouldn't have done any of that had it not been for Bridge Four, had it not been for Kaladin saying, we need to be there. Nope, I, I don't, want them all. Mm, I think it's in part five. I don't want to hear it. Um, I don't want to hear it. But it, I think it merits being discussed here a little bit. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to make some of you come out and admit that you've read a little further ahead than you're supposed to. Um, but... Dalinar talks about the value of those lives, and I believe it's in part five. It could be in part four. So, um, talks. Uh, to, he he asks Kaladin, uh, "What's the value of a shard blade?" I think that is in. I think that is in part five. That's okay. But I think Sadius. But I think Sadius talks about it in, in. And I've outed Todd as having finished the book. <laughs> there you go. There you go. If if anybody couldn't have guessed, uh, but I, I I love Sadius's response. Don't you understand? Uh, this is a fortune kingdoms are fought over these and you're going to give it for them and then he says they're all worthless you know um i i love the calloused casual nature uh, uh, approach to human life contrasted with dalinar's cling to clinging to honor um these two characters i'm i'm excited to see how the rest of this series the stormlight archive treats these two individuals because I really hate Sadius right now as a human being, but knowing Brandon Sanderson, he's not done with me with these ter- characters yet. He's going to play with them more, and I'm anxious to see how it works out. I just got I just got correction from our comment section that that's actually in part four, not part five. So yeah, it's sounding familiar. It's yeah, yeah. So he, he, basically, Dalinar says uh, a shard blade is priceless, and so and, is human life. And if a human life is priceless, you've given I've given one sword. You've given me. This, the, lives, the, the lives of all these men, basically, which, again, shows the difference between between the High Princes and what Dalinar is, what Sadius is. And I think you are meant to hate Sadius. Oh, um, and so what do oh, we think? Do. I, I have something, uh, uh, well, a question, first of all. What do we think of, then, the visions which have told, Ka- or not Kaladin, they've told Dalinar, trust Sadius? I think the visions play a long game. But that's... Well, he, that's what I say because if he didn't trust Sadius, the, and and that's yeah, that's what I'm If he I'm didn't thinking. trust Sadius, he wouldn't have gone on the tandem bridge assault. Sadius wouldn't have betrayed him. Kaladin wouldn't come back, and this whole thing wouldn't have been in motion. I think the visions play a very long game. There's, Means and ends. I think there's a tendency, yeah, if for people in real life, when something bad happens, they immediately think, um, well, that that that's it. They think, like you say, can they think of their short game? This is a bad thing that's happened. Woe yeah. is me. Uh, you know, how dare the universe or God or whatever. Um, But I think there's something to be said for just because this bad thing happened to you doesn't mean it's not going to create a snowball effect that will eventually come out better. Right. Uh, You don't know what's going to happen in the end, and so you can't despair just because something bad has happened to you. And that was my thinking on it. Yeah, this was a big bad thing that oh, happened. Oh, that was a huge bad thing. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I I'm still agree pissed with at you. Sadius for suckering me in. I actually drew back into him. Like, son of you, a what, Ken? Oh, he's a son of a... Yeah, you actually started of... to think that he might be coming around I, to Dalinar. I thought he I might did come too. around. I really I did. did. Oh, Because Dalinar's goal was to unite. I could see, like, looking back now, there's no way I could Although ever... Although, I... You know, I really, every it. time I saw them say, unite them, unite them, unite them, and I thought, I don't think he's talking about the Ten Kingdoms. I know who he's talking about. I think he's talking about the Knights Radiant. Oh. 
Nope. That's who I think he's talking about. I have a different take on that. What do you think it is? The shards. Hmm. Can hmm. adenalcium be put back together again? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, we are all stymied. I, 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 I think that could be a... That could be a a very interesting take on it. And if you did ask I just, Brandon, did I just win the Cosmere? I just won the Cosmere. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, but, dang it! But that is an interesting take. Um, unite them. You can have Hoyt's flute. So, so I want to talk about one character that is not one of our primary characters that I am absolutely enjoying all through the series, and that is Rock. Oh, oh. I love I Rock. You like Rock? I really, really like Air Rock. Sick Lowlanders. <laughs> I I like so many of the Bridgemen. I really came around on Moash. I like Moash a lot. Teft is great. I mean, every every hero needs a Jiminy Cricket. Now, Did the you guys, I'm, uh, I'm, Rock, I'm looking Rock at this. is Hawaiian, yes. Yeah, we we yeah. Polynesian. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I'm I'm looking at uh I'm looking at one. This is later on. He said, First son and second son are needed for making food. Rock said, It is most important. Without food, nobody lives. Yes. Third son is craftsman. This is me. I serve proudly. Only fourth son can be warriors. Warriors, they are not needed as much as food and crafts. <laughs> I'm like, Wow, this is pretty good. That actually speaks really strongly to the cultural that difference of the of other sense. people on Roshar. Yes. Because it's a big world. the Alethi are the Alethi are barbaric. Right? It's all about honor and glory and battle and you know competition. But you have rock and you have some of these other... You just get these touches of other... And the pure lake. Aside from Dalinar, I'm not sure how much it is about honor for the... For the Alethi, I really am not. Well, honor, honor, in, in it, honor he, is two different kinds of definitions. Yeah. One of them is the internal honor of doing the right They're thing. They're all about glory, the other is, which the is other the external is about honor. But the I don't attention think, and the glory that yeah. you get. He uh, isn't. Isn't there a line in there somewhere? He is what everybody else pretends to be. He yes. is. Yeah, yeah. Navani said that it. about. Well, oh, uh, it, a couple of Navani couple of people have said it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it, real Speaking. quick, I, uh, before we get to our next point, I do just want to say, think about before the end of this podcast, if you could ask Brandon Sanderson one question, what would it be? Because I'm headed to Comic-Con this weekend and I'll chat with him. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what was your point, Ryan? Speaking of which, I, I want to get, you know, Ken's, I really I want all your take, but Ken being our resident love expert, how do you feel about Dallin Hart and Navani? <laughs> It's fine. I don't care. It's not really. punching. I, it's I, not punching. I really don't. But I, Ken, you're a sad, sad human being. It it made me think. His wife says that too. It going back to the David Edding series. It made me think of of uh, Mander Allen and and what's her name, the Baroness. You know, and their their love that never oh. could be. But man, oh. they sure wish it could. And here here it is. It's paid off. You know, and he I, after he's just kicked the crap out of his nephew. <laughs> by the, the way, way, your mother and I are courting. Get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was so funny. Uh, but I, you know, I just, I don't care. I mean, they're, they're good together. They looks like they should have been together a long time ago, but the fates wouldn't have it. And, and now they got a chance and great, you know, good for them. I just don't care much. The, the, one of the reasons why, it, admittedly, I, I appreciate this love, you know, there is a love story in this book. It's not a, it's not a prominent piece. It just kind of is there and it doesn't detract from anything. It, if anything, it adds a little bit. It's real. Yeah, yeah, it does add a little bit. I I really wish I had thought of that when we were talking about the romance thing last time because I mean it was so it, it was. But you know, the other reason why I want to bring it up because I want to talk about Dalinar's wife. Oh man, what and is the, going on? And yeah. the Night Watcher. I want your guys' thoughts on that while I save our live feed from cutting out. So I think that Dalinar, when he went to see the Night Watcher, his boon was to remove the heartache that he felt about losing his wife. And that's why he can, I think in the, he says that he can never hear her name. He just hears shh uh, when anybody mentions her name and he can't remember her, can't remember anything yeah. about her. Um, I think he 
asked for that to be removed from his life. And I think that it went with a curse that made him doubt himself. I, that's that's what I think is yeah. going on with that. And I that as maybe. as Navani comes back into his life and he starts to have a rom- he starts to have a love and a romance, the confidence comes back as well. I thought maybe the curse that the, the forgetting her was the curse. I don't know. I'd have to go back and read that, but I, I I found that interesting as well. And I that was that was the only thing I could think without giving it a little bit more analysis is that is that the curse was forgetting her. Hmm. And I'm not sure if that. It never really is clear how his feelings were toward his wife. I mean, clearly he was devoted to her, but it doesn't look like he was ever. Well, I think we can extrapolate her, from you know, what kind of man he is. And yeah, it was something's going on there, and I'm sure in book two we'll find out all about it. Blah blah blah. I don't know. Um, if we will honestly. No. I, I think. Oh. Thanks. Okay. I think that Thanks. goes by the wayside from here on out. I don't think it comes back up really. Stop ruining book two for I'm me. I'm not ruining book two for you. you. I'm saying. I'm telling you right now. The third book is Dalinar's book. I oh, would expect right. it there. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Totally stuff. Okay. okay. Um, what do we think of the spren? I love <laughs> that was something I want to come up with. I love this. I love the spren. I just the concept. I'm sure there's a ton behind it. But I love this idea of it was kind of like in Warbreaker with the hair that would change color based on emotions. These spren are kind of an outward projection of inward feelings, whether it's pain or some kind of emotion or something. I like the spren Uh, a lot. I think they're kind of neat. The rot spren and... (laughs) It's like that that explains when when things go when, get red and inflamed it's just rot spread yeah you know it's 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 funny I, the with with most of with most of Brandon Sanderson's uh, stuff that we've read um, his magic system has been made pretty clear by this point in a series oh yeah we have no idea what's going on yeah here. we're still so much in the dark right now that we, we we can guess at some things and we can we can draw some correlations but causation is very much in question right now and and that's um, that's been difficult for me because normally that helps me figure out how the players work mm-hmm. um, if if Brandon Sanderson's intention with this work was to was to suck me so completely in that it dominated my thoughts and made me start dreaming <laughs> about these books he has succeeded yeah. you could tell <laughs> you're him having that. your own visions you could tell him that when you go to comic-con hey <laughs> thanks one of our pal- one of our podcast members is starting to have dreams about your books the description of death sprint just made me laugh I pictured these little little black spider like creatures with these with these mischief mischievous like smiles and jagged teeth you're like <laughs> I'll tell you the other thing that I like was the up in my head. was the couple that were measuring spren oh, spren right. started to feel to me a little bit like um electrons like 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 uh subatomic particles the idea that you can that when you measure a spren then it's held still um, and right. then it can't it can't break out of it at least for a moment or two. And then when you stop, this the same kind of thing with uh, with with electrons. You can know you can know direction, you can know weight, you can know speed, but you can't know all three at the same time. Um, fascinating stuff. I just lost Craig. I just lost Craig. No, he didn't. He did one of those. He, I'm listening. It, to you. it looked very much like he was doing one of those Star Trek uh, Android moments. Beep 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 beep. <laughs> no, I was listening. So yeah, I I think Sprint are, are very interesting. And you were just telling me that I was boring again, weren't you? This was another. This was another if stormtrooper I, rifle moment. If wasn't I it? have to tell you out loud, I've failed. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. The, Thanks. the question of Sprint bounces off to the question of Sil, though, which we didn't talk about last time, and people were kind of they were like, well, what about Sil? What about Sil? Sil she's not a Sprint. Sil's really interesting. I like that she's I like that she's connected to Kaladin and she confesses to Kaladin. This is we are together in this. You remember before I said I think I, the, I see these characters more as as twin characters. Kaladin and Sil, uh, Yasna and Shalon. 
uh, Dalinar, and I still hold that Adolin is probably going to play very heavily. I know that I, know I that, think Adolin will play very heavily, but I don't think he'll play as heavily with Dalinar. I think it's Dalinar and Navani. Well, but I think Adolin is it certainly is very looking. Close. It certainly is looking that way, but I don't know. I think I think Adolin. I think Adolin has he spent too much time introducing. Well, of course, he's introduced other characters in other books that were people that he kills off real quick, and like Kelsier. Uh, we think that the whole series was going to be about Kelsier. And I, I think Adolin becomes very important, especially since Dalinar has given up his shard blade and his shard plate. Adolin, I think, becomes his his arm, his his fighting arm. It's going to have to the be. The Hand of the King? Yeah. Oh, you guys haven't been watching Game of Thrones. I, I know enough no. about Game of Thrones to know what the Hand of the King is. But, well, and and if if Dalinar is going to be responsible for, for breaking the backs of the, of the Alethi kings... Uh, somebody's going to have to go out and do some of that dirty work. So yeah, well, it's and very he's the head of House Colin, and that's mm-hmm. I think well, like the king is, but really Adolin. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. I think so. Uh, so I have another thing to bring up. Please with do. this book, and this is a bit of a, it's a mild complaint, I would say. Uh, this book deserves better than what Tor gave it. Brandon Sanderson wrote something of a masterpiece. I feel I, I'm going to give it a year or two before I really settle on that word. I've got to, you know, i got to let this uh, marinate for a while. But there were a ton of editing mistakes and proofreading mistakes Yes, that should not have made it into this book. And I hope that they correct those. I assume that they'll correct those for second editions or, you know, collector's editions, leather-bound things, whatever. Uh, there were a lot. And I kept track of them in my Kindle, and I went back and looked. And I only started keeping track, I think, in section end of section three, beginning of section four, somewhere in there. And I'm already up to like a dozen uh, proofreading errors and a few editing errors. And anyway, so just one of those things. There's, um, I, 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 and I don't want to overstate it. I, is it a big deal? Nah, I guess not really. But it's sloppy. But it. It took me out. It slowed me down a bit as a reader and and made me notice the people behind the scenes. Mm. And I, I feel like that's a big mistake. I'd love to see it corrected in the future. Uh, anyway, did you guys notice any of that stuff? You probably, it, Todd, sounds like you listened to most of it. I listened to most of it. And yeah. so yeah. there were there were places where I, where the narration um, had some, had some interesting combinations of, of phrasing, but I, I wrote it off to... Um, to the fact that I wasn't hearing it correctly. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting to go back and re- and actually re- physically reread some sections. Yeah. There were a number of times where I listened to the audiobook and actually followed along on my Kindle, and there were noticeable mistakes where the audiobook would say one thing and the written word would say I have caught that a else. couple times yeah. where the phrasing isn't the exact same, but... Meh. It wasn't enough to throw me. Yeah, it's usually not a not a it's not a major plot point or anything. Which yeah. we'll talk about that in Words of Radiance. Sorry. Uh, all right. Uh, other things we want to bring up, Ryan. Do you have other things? Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, I, I want we don't have a ton of information, um, but let's talk for a minute about Kaladin and the ideal he spouted. Uh, which one? The second ideal. I will protect those oh, will who protect cannot those protect, protect themselves. themselves. He says that. So he's phrase, a marine, right? Uh, yeah, isn't that isn't that a marine thing? Uh, basically, it's every army well, from right. the history of it's every armed service. Yeah. So Kaladin is absolutely worn out. He has been burning through stormlight, and it takes a toll on his body to the point where he is completely pale. He's worn out everything. That's fun watching him try to navigate how exactly to spend his stormlight. By the way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to figure that out, and then he gets to. Uh, 
he sees that his men are trying to hold the bridge and they need his help. And so he starts taking off, just musters up, taking off, and still's running by his side going, you have to say the words, you have to say the words, you have to say uh, the words. Yeah, and so the words hold some sort of power. He I says, found, he I says found myself idea. saying, in brightest day, in darkest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evils might beware my power. Green lantern's light! Blue lantern's light in this case. It was that really was loud. Cool. Kind of a bluish white. Yeah, sorry, that, that, bluish that, that did get loud. Sorry, I didn't mean it to be that loud. <laughs> but so Kaladin, say, uh, he says that all of a sudden he kind of knows the words, that he knows the words, he says them, big white light, and then he becomes this force of nature in battle. So, And he knows I, the words without knowing why he knows them. Is what he said. They, yeah, yeah, they must be They're inherent just, in the magic somewhere. Yeah, it's something there. So that is the second ideal. We know the first. It is shared by all of the Knights Radiant. Life before death, strength, strength before, before weakness, weakness journey, journey before, before destination. destination. Which is, but that doesn't sound like anything that works for Zeth. And really? Zeth has all of these. Well, same Zeth is truthless. Yes. So, but is oh, that, but that. Oh, dang it! Dang it! So, what does that mean if? In order to gain access to this power, Kaladin had to speak the words, and uh, and we assume mean them in some meaningful way. Uh, what does and that mean for Zeth? And is he truly? So it's a poor choice of words. But truthless. is he really truthless? Well, um, and is that, well, you know what? But he's every but he has a, every interlude. He starts doubting himself. But every, he has his oath stone, and maybe the oath stone is plays a role in this in in the speaking of the words, like the battery of a green lantern. Oh man, who? I'm who I'm has, going to I'm going to give you guys the Brandon Anderson Brandon Sanderson Brandon answer Anderson. to this. R A F O. Read and find out. <laughs> so <laughs> I, that's actually one of my favorite things that he does. I love that he doesn't spoil stuff for people. Yeah. Thank you. It's very exciting. It is. I'm, exciting. I'm interested to see because he he keeps working through things and in the first interlude or in the in the prologue he's you know I can't believe they use stones like that they walk on stone 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 and then as every interlude progresses he's like I can't really fault them for this and I don't know if I believe it myself anyway and and, and so he's kind of progressing along and there's almost a slow degrade uh, degradation into. A little bit of insanity, I think. Yeah. A little bit. Um, Considering so, that he has killed quite a bundle of men for somebody who he doesn't know and we don't know and for some reason is trying to pit the Parshendi against the Alethkar and or the Alethi, I'm like... And, and the, other, the other one that, I've, that, that we keep hinting at um, or that we keep giving hints at is... Sh- um, is it Shen? The Parshendi that is... Yes. Or the Parshman. Oh, yeah. The Parshman yeah. who joins the Parshman Bridge with four. Bridge 4. Some sort of shoe is going to do some sort of dropping. When yes. when when uh, when Kaladin puts together the, the shields of bones and... That's what I thought you were talking about. Orcish first is when he puts the Parshendi body on the shield to draw their attention. That's pretty messed up. Which, that by the was way... exceptionally messed up and very effective. But but the fact that it caused the same kind of, of uh, uh, reaction by Shen that it did basically of all the Parshendi. The I, visceral hissing I, I'm, reaction. I'm wondering, I'm wondering what impact that's going to have, does, especially because they're keeping him. Well, I want to know, does, does anybody else picture the Parshendi and the Parshman as kind of insectoid? No. I mean, they're, they're humanoid, no. and but no. they no. they no. feel kind of insectoid to me. I mean, in terms of, you know, they, they've got the mottled skin. Yeah, and you might need to go back and read And the hive mind and, and, and all of that. And the exoskeleton. Well, no, I, I get that, but oh, I just... Okay. And they can jump I really can far. I can see what you're saying. I, I'm wondering. I, okay. I don't view the way that I I view. I just view a hu, I kind of a humanoid type with a rock type skin that's dark charcoal. I just every time they call um, it a carapace and stuff like that, I just it makes me feel like it's insectoid a little. And all of a sudden, my mind starts going from chasm fiends to void bringers to parshendi, and I'm like, I, 
It's you know it's true that and a I, lot of I'm the grasping wildlife, at straws, I'm sure, but a lot of the wildlife on Roshar is insect-like. You yeah. have the what are the the dog type things that the they, rock or the axe hounds? Axe hounds. You have the chasm fiends. The kremlings. Uh, the kremlings. kremlings yeah. yeah, everything seems to be crab-like or insect-like. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe the I haven't Parshendi, seen a of them. I mean, just in my maybe mind. the Parshendi are sort of native to Roshar in a way that humans aren't. Like Tars yeah. Tarkas on John Carter Ward. So I don't know. There's something more to that. No, they're, Todd. No. Their no. hive mind and how they can, you know, all sing in unison. Even. Oh, come on. I don't know. i probably grasping his trust. Chasm fiends are void bringers, though. I mean, the, she sends him that picture, and it looks like a void bringer. Uh, I'll take or that the, as the, your The void bringer your looks prediction. like a your prediction. Fiend. I'm your just prediction saying. is that chasm fiends are war bringers. Or are are void bringers. bringers. Yeah. Or, okay. or connected to them, like, you know, the sense that woolly mammoths are elephants. You know, there's there's something along the line. Okay. Interesting. Interesting And I'm just trying there. to figure out how they're all connected. So I anyway. think we're, we're hitting on time where we need to start wrapping up. Um, Aww. I know, I know. So, so predictions? Yeah, let's go with some predictions. There's mine. I mean. You think that the, is that something you think will be wrapped up in this book or? No. I, I, I assume we're, we're, we only have a few more pages. Yeah, we only have like 50 pages left. They can't, yeah, they can't I don't, wrap up They're now. not going to do... I don't know. It's Sanderson. He can pack about three years worth of writing into 10 pages yeah, and make you kidding. love it. I'm yeah. trying to think of... Uh, no, I don't, I don't know that I, I... I didn't think about it when I got to the end of Section 4. I guess um, if if uh, Kaladin is joining the Colin war camp, there's going to be something happening with him and the rest of the Colin. Because uh, you've got, what's what's the son's name? Adolin. Or yeah. Renarin. And Renarin. Well, yeah, Renarin, whatever. Renarin's... Uh, he's the wuss. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe he won't stay that way, but right now he's well, a pushover. Yeah. Adolin is, uh, he's a really headstrong guy, and I don't know how he's going to... Kind of like Sazed. I don't think I don't think Renarin's going to stay that way for two reasons. One, Hoyd says there's something more into that kid, uh, more about that kid than meets the eye. And two, he said at the end of section four, he's going to give him his shard plate. Right. So he'll be able to at least move around. There's. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of the kid Casey or something like that from Elantris, the kid who uh, is, uh, as far numbers. as we can tell, autistic or something, and he just keeps repeating numbers all the time. And uh, and then at the end of the book, it turns out that was really integral to how they were going to solve their problems. I kind of feel that way about Renarin, where he has yeah. this blood weakness. There's something medically wrong with him, but that's going to turn out to be very important to getting things done later. Maybe you'll f- I think you'll find that. There's my prediction. You'll find that, uh, especially inside of the Cosmere works with Brandon Sanderson, that there are things like that that are consistent across the board, and for good reason. There are things that are consistent because everything that is happening inside of this this Cosmere is affected by in a single by a single event, and everything has similar. When they all come together, they have to be able to jive. They have to be able to make sense when things come together, and so you see things that are consistent between novels like that. So. Um, I wanted to um, just touch really I quickly on. That's you. Might want to mute that. Might want to mute. Working on it. <laughs> Hold, please. This is fun. Hold, please. This is I'm, fun. I'm experiencing deja vu. I'm, I'm experiencing. <laughs> there we go. I hit my volume button. Um, Stop doing that. And of course, it's derailed me. Uh, Do you? Oh, have... that's the uh, someone uh, in our comments brought up graphic audio. Oh yes. yes and yes. I wanted to talk about this just a little bit because someone else, I think, on Reddit. Um, we were reviewing that. Talk to us about graphic audio. You've got to try graphic audio. It's just like a, you know, it's like a movie, whatever. So I went and I actually listened into some of the the graphic audio stuff. And I'm going to tell you 
that I th- I'm impressed with their work. I think that they that it's uh, that's a, cool a huge concept. undertaking, a cool concept. It's not for me, um, simply because the I'll say the production value, especially in sequences like battle sequences or whatever. When you're fighting to hear the narrator over the sounds of battle behind it and the music and the music, music and stuff, that is a little bit outside of my scope of enjoyment. I don't feel like I need that either to in, to enhance this story or to tell this to feel like I get a cinematic experience. So I, I don't like if, if it were a different author, say you took Orson Scott Card, uh, who he's he's very interesting and he has good prose and everything, but you don't it's not cinematic in the way that Sanderson is or any number of other writers. Take your pick, uh, but he doesn't need it in the way mm-hmm. that it, his work doesn't necessarily benefit in the way that somebody else's might. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, this is this is our opinion on it. Yeah, I, there's a lot of people who really like it, um, and because it's it's something unique, it's something interesting, and I think it's it has its place. I did not enjoy my listening, uh, the bit that I listened to of uh, the Way of Kings. In that, maybe there's a better one that they've got a little more practice on, or something that would be a better option for me to listen to to get a better idea for it. But for right now, I, I think graphic audio is great, but not for me. Yeah, duly noted. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Did we get a prediction from Todd? No. Um, my we know you finished. My, my, my prediction is, or, or my thing that I'm looking forward to most, is seeing Hoyd again. Um, and I have, a, I have another question that I will, that I will save for next time. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Ho- more of Hoyd because he feels to me like the like the thread that holds this whole thing together. And if we tug hard enough on him, the whole thing just unravels and we figure out where all of these places connect. I wonder if, uh, did you guys think of your one question for Brandon Sanderson? My one question for him might be, if you were to cast Hoyd, who would you cast? Because I feel like that might Mm. give us a little clue into Brandon's mindset about who Hoyd is as a character. That's interesting. I wonder what his answer would be. My question, my question would be, which came first, the magic or the story? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I want to know, did he, did he try to figure out a system to tell the story with, or did he have a magic system and build a story? Around? All right. Ken, do you have any? Heck Maybe later. Could, you yeah. can email it to me. There you go. I'll do that. All right. I, uh, my question would be in regards to the 17th shard as a group, and I can't tell you much more than that <laughs> until we get a little further in, but... Let me just say this, because I know a couple people were like, why didn't you talk about it more in the last episode? Uh, we'll talk about it more in the next one. But you guys, did you really, did you guys catch when Galadon was in the story? Oh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about the interludes. Yeah, we haven't talked oh, yeah. about the interludes, but that's oh, okay, yeah. because we're going we're gonna to re-pass over all the interludes in the next I was episode. watching for him because that had been spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm watching for him and there's a guy at the, is it Pure Lake? Clear yes, Lake? Yes. Something, Pure Lake who refers to everybody as friend and there was something else. It's escaping my memory. It's been a while since I read that section, but yeah. Right. Is that him? That's Galadon and Demo. D- and Demu. Demu. Okay. Demu. Yeah. Demu from Mistborn. They're nice. both world hoppers. They're at the Pure Lake and they are, there's another person there who. You, oh you my gosh. By the way. I got to go back and read that section. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, and for everybody who's a little bit confused and for everybody who's yelling at us for getting something a little bit wrong, just know that we are planning a uh, Cosmere 101 episode after we're done with Words of Radiance, and so we'll get into timelines and world hopping and all that stuff. I don't get it. 
I don't understand. Ryan has done a lot of I've been spending research. a lot of time in the, the copper mine and the 17th shard. shard to walk you guys through. We will touch a little bit on a couple things. I will introduce you in the next episode to the letter. Um, oh, yeah, you were saying something about that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That'll anyway, be I'll introduce you to that. Uh, so you'll get some answers there. So those of you who are going, oh, oh, you really should talk about this. We will hit on a lot of that in the next episode. And once we complete on the uh, Words of Radiance, we'll have a, a Cosmere 101 episode and a just open discussion down the rabbit hole where I will do my best to be as educated as possible. How, how long will that rabbit hole last? That really depends Far on you guys. <laughs> okay, well, wrapping up, I will just remind everybody one more time, the signed copy of Wave Kings is up for grabs. The word of today, The word of the day today was... Like. like so word of the day today is like one more word well it'll be two words next week but anyway uh, one more to complete the phrase that'll be next week listen in tweet that at us and you'll be entered to win a signed copy of the way of kings uh all right so next week part five plus the book in its entirety we may have one more voice in the studio at that point i think we're bringing in megan that's yep, correct who uh, will provide us with her fair female perspective and that will be lovely absolutely wonderful she's so smart and i'm trying to think i don't think there's anything else that we need to go over so thank you everybody especially uh, the few of you who have been commenting on facebook we enjoy interacting with you guys a lot and we do this almost every weekend uh, so hit up our facebook page if you have not done so yet like us on facebook and subscribe to our live videos and you'll be notified as soon as we start recording the next episode I think the next Friday. one will be Friday night. We're doing Friday night. Uh, so six o'clock. Yeah, a little bit earlier Around in the six. evening next Friday, and uh, we'll see you all then. And thank you every. Uh, thank you also to everybody on Reddit and the Stormlight Archive sub. Uh, Reddit can be a deep, dark place of awfulness and horrendousness, but the Brandon Sanderson subreddits are really wonderful places. I want to thank everybody who uh, lurks there and is very nice to us and very accommodating. So, all right. See you guys all next week. Alan Tudyk as Hoyd. Oh. oh.